Hello, and welcome to the Stronger Way to Eat, Move, and Live. This is episode one, how ditching the diet changed my life and how it could change yours too. My life before fitness. When I think back on my childhood, I remember being active as a kid, whether it was riding my bike up and down my street with childhood friends or throwing myself around in the field at recess, pretending that I was going to be the next famous Olympic gymnast. I was always on the move. As I got older, though, I became less and less active. While most of my friends were busy with sports or other after-school activities, I was not. My family just really couldn't afford to enroll my brother or I in different sports. And not to mention, my parents never really emphasized the importance that sports played in the lives of young girls. I'm guessing that's because they didn't even know to the extent that sports and activities could positively impact girls and protect them from some risky behaviors that later on I ended up engaging in. So instead of playing soccer or volleyball, I pursued boys and other risky behaviors. At that time in my life though, the drinking and the partying seemed to provide what I was looking for most. I was looking for a way to numb pain, a place to belong, a place Even though it seems a little bit ironic and perhaps counterintuitive, I was looking for a place to feel confident. So no matter how damaging those different risky behaviors actually were or they still are, I was looking for a place to fit in. I wanted to belong somewhere. I wanted to feel wanted, to feel seen, and to feel known. So not ironically, though, the less active that I became in my middle school and high school years, the worse my lifestyle habits were, and ultimately my self-image began to, to suffer. Physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, I was broken. I was empty and I was unhappy. When I looked in the mirror, I absolutely hated what I saw looking back at me. I hated how I felt about myself. I hated how I felt in my own body. I hated that I didn't feel beautiful because my body didn't seem to resemble what society was telling me was beautiful at that vulnerable age in my life. This self-hatred ended up spiraling into other dangerous and damaging behaviors around food and exercise many years later. Unhealthy role models. Growing up, I lacked positive role models when it came to so many different areas of my life, especially on that lifestyle front. On the one hand, I saw some women in my life using food as a way to cope with their own pain, with their own negative emotions. And on the other hand, I saw women in my life who were so afraid of becoming fat that they would go through the most extreme measures to ensure that that never happened. During my early adolescent years, I spent many days with different, with those different role models. And some of the the people that were more of the fat phobic and not really wanting to get fat those were people that seemed to really impact me the most. And I think that's because I had looked up to them so much. Their behavior became the standard by which I had judged all others. Those standards for what they thought were beautiful and acceptable became my own standards. And because they were so afraid of creeping over that 115, 120 pounds, I thought that that was somehow the golden number that I was supposed to reach and I was supposed to be as well. Dieting was a normal behavior at their house, and to this day, to some extent, it still kind of is. But it looks a little bit more like mainstream health and fitness than actually dieting. So I found myself in my early 20s without a clue as to what an actual healthy lifestyle looked like. 
I was left to kind of try to figure it out by myself. And I ended up dabbling and experimenting with all different sorts of quote unquote healthy behaviors or diets. I tried different gyms and workout programs, different detoxes, dieting. I even experimented with eating disorders, but nothing seemed to work to get that weight off, at least not permanently. Success as a dieter. After trying and failing more diets than I ever cared to admit, I seem to have stumbled on one that worked or to at least temporarily work. Weight Watchers. It seemed like a true godsend at the time. Through the meetings, which I now see were a blend of community and fear-based accountability, I learned a little bit about how to eat in a way to lose weight. Weight Watchers did teach me how to manipulate and manage my caloric intake, even if it was just in favor of losing weight, no matter the cost. However unhealthy it was, it worked at least in that temporary time. I dropped about 15 pounds within the first few months, and the scale continued to move slowly. I saw the weight loss results I was desperate for, and it seemed like it was everything that I had ever wanted. Over the next few years, I continued working on my healthy lifestyle through exercise and dieting. I picked up running, kicked up my clean eating into high gear, which was a whole nother diet that caused a whole nother slew of problems. I was smaller than I'd ever been. In some ways, I did feel more confident, but in many ways, I was still so insecure. You would have thought that living in that thin ideal body would have had me on cloud nine. But the thing I feel most compelled to point out is that even at my smallest weight or even at my leanest, I was still so unhappy. I was still self-conscious. I was still comparing myself to other women. And oftentimes I still felt inferior. In fact, the skinnier that I became, the better I became at dieting or the leaner that I got, the more insecure I felt, the more I was comparing myself to other people, and the more I found myself in an unhealthy com competition with other people. Here's the thing about diets and all the healthy lifestyles we see on social media, yet no one is talking about. There will never, ever be a weight, a size, or a shape that will give you the confidence that you desire. That kind of confidence has to come from within you, and it's available long before you ever reach your goals. It's available to you today in the body that you find yourself in right now. Is there an upside to diet culture? So however messy my relationship with fitness and myself was on that one side, I could see ways that adopting a truly healthier lifestyle was helping me. Fitness had given me confidence, it had given me courage, but I see now it wasn't because of the size or the weight loss goals that I had reached. It was learning how to believe in myself. It was learning how to show up for myself. It was learning what it was for me to be strong in my own life. Learning to live a fit life taught me to believe in myself. Fitness taught me discipline and self-control. It taught me to persevere, set goals, and believe in myself in a way I needed. Pursuing fitness goals gave me the courage to try things I never thought I would do, like going back to school to get a four-year degree. In 2011, I enrolled in my local university to get a degree in exercise science. This was after I had undergone some of my own transformation. I knew the power of taking care of yourself, and I wanted to help other women have that same kind of experience of transforming themselves of learning how to show up for themselves and believe in themselves. Though I didn't exactly know what I wanted to do with my degree, I knew on some level it was gonna be helping other women find confidence in themselves through fitness. 
the ultimate goal then, as it is now, was to help them show up in the world around them just as the women that they were created to be. I graduated at the top of my class, which was another personal shocker, especially considering my high school track record. Full of excitement, I was ready to get out into the world and begin helping other women shed their body weight, body fat, and all of their insecurities. At the time, I didn't realize you could shed your insecurities independent of body weight or body fat loss. Looking back, I feel a bit naive in believing the lie that your confidence and your worth comes from what your body looks like. So are they healthy habits or is it just diet culture? Shortly after graduating, I started a coaching business through a large and well-known fitness company. I got to work building my clientele, running boot camps, and giving out meal plans like candy on Halloween. Business was off to a great start, and every woman was put on a strict caloric deficit in order for them to lose the most amount of weight in the shortest time frame possible. This is, after all, the standard set by the fitness industry, isn't it? That health equals weight loss no matter what you have to do to get there. Some of those women had success early on. Others didn't. My solution at the time was that they just needed to try harder. They needed to push themselves in their workouts more. They needed to be more compliant with the diet and with the meal plans. Unfortunately, that is the same kind of narrow disease thinking that's perverted what true health and fitness are. It's important for me to mention this way of thinking wasn't what I had learned in college, but rather it was something that had been taught to me early on through cultural norms, media exposure, and my own life experiences. I honestly thought I was helping these women create a healthier lifestyle. They were exercising more, more aware of their food choices and how much they were eating. At the very root though, I was only teaching them how to diet better, thus promoting a more disordered relationship with food as well as their bodies. Leaving diet culture behind for me and my clients. A couple short years into my coaching business, I started to feel so defeated in my work. My clients' results stalled or were non-existent altogether. The method of try harder wasn't cutting it, or neither was the idea of just eating less and working out more. Not to mention, I myself was miserable being on the diet hamster wheel. The final straw was when some of my old food habits started to creep back in. I had worked so hard over the years to get over different food obsession or disordered eating habits that when I started to see some of these things coming back in, I knew that something had to change. My obsession and food fantasies started back up. I'd be good following my strict meal plan for a certain number of days, then overindulge and binge on the weekends and call it balance. You probably don't need me to tell you this, but I was feeling like a total fraud. In a moment, I realized that not only was the life I was living personally a diet fueled by disordered eating behaviors, but it was also a lifestyle I was trying to sell. The hard part is so many fitness professionals or health coaches believe they're helping people with those same kind of tactics, strategies, and mindset. Mainstream health and fitness is really only selling diets and delusional ideas about what wellness, health, and fitness look like. Sadly, no matter how disordered or damaging the behaviors are, consumers of the health and fitness industry continue to clamor to it because it's what we know. It's what we've grown up thinking and believing is healthy. Diet mentality and fitness pros. I would be lying if I said I thought everything I did was horrible in those earlier years of coaching. 
In many ways, I was helping these women create some healthy habits, but it was still stemmed from the wrong place. It was motivated by negative emotions. The intention was all wrong, and so was the methodology behind it. Unfortunately, though, I'm not the only health coach out there peddling diets on their clients and passing it off as a healthy lifestyle. The demand is high for that kind of coaching. We still live in a world that sees being skinnier or smaller or leaner, no matter the cost, as the ultimate goal. So until we start to make a radical shift away from current diet-minded approaches, we will always be fighting the same battle of food obsession and negative body image issues. In order to make the shift, we need more practitioners, more coaches, more people willing to take that non-diet approach to link arms and start working together. Just to be clear, non-diet is not synonymous with anti-health or unhealthy. It just means that we don't focus on weight loss or physical appearance as the primary goal. Instead, when you are living a non-diet lifestyle, you're focusing on cultivating healthy habits, healthy lifestyles through habit change and a more holistic approach, taking into consideration mental, emotional, and physical health. Making fitness a thing every woman can achieve regardless of the shape or size of her body. Being smaller doesn't automatically mean you're healthier or happier, as I found, and you've probably found that out too. I found I was just as, as unhappy in my smaller body as I was in my larger body. The only thing that changed was the source of my unhappiness. Instead of being so consumed with trying to get skinny or to get shredded, the thoughts that occupied much of my mental, emotional, and physical energy was focused on staying skinny and staying ripped. Either way, I felt trapped. It was either I was investing that time and that energy into trying to reach the goal or in trying to keep the goal. Shifting to a non-diet lifestyle has been absolutely revolutionary for me. It has changed my life. It has given me so much freedom to focus on other things that I would have never had the capacity for when I was still so heavy focused on dieting and losing weight and counting food and thinking about food and thinking about my body so much. And so if there's any part of you that can relate to this story or can relate to where I'm at, I want to be there for you. So you can head on over to aliciacarlson.com to find blogs, to find articles, resources to help you. You can also sign up to get some more information on the non-diet lifestyle mindful eating and all of those kinds of things over there as well. I hope that this was helpful for you. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today and be sure to tune in next week as we dive into our next topic. Thanks again.